When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very good morning to you. Welcome to the show, Hills. Good morning to you. You're in. G'day, uh, is, Penny. It, is it sunny Melbourne or what sort of weather is it down there today? No, I haven't looked out yet, mate. Uh, it was dark <laughs> when I did did look out, and I think I'm only looking over a courtyard rooftop or something. I don't, I can't, don't know that there's much daylight out there. Well, I'm pleased uh, I'm The weather was excellent when I got here last night, um, and oh, Vanessa's very lucky. I'm not there in the studio. Why? Oh, did you hear her rub it in at the end of her news and sport? The Brisbane Heat lost on the last ball against the Sydney Sixers. Vanessa, uh, shut up. That's terrible. Don't well, put that in our news when we have a, such a terrible result for the yeah. Brisbane Heat. Well, we've lost three in a row and we're just... Delayed. Oh, shut up, Paddy. The ground's a little shaky now when it comes to finals. Oh, can't believe that either. We're locked in the four. <laughs> But I read this morning we've got to beat the strikers now in Adelaide to to uh, ensure that we make the four. And the strikers are going okay. They happen to be top of the Shut table. Up, Paddy. Mm. Yeah, but they only made 121. Seven for 121 was enough for them to win. They've got a good team. Uh, we've got a pretty good team. We're just not playing up to our potential. We're not getting off to good starts. We made enough runs last night, didn't we? 177 yeah. and we lost. Anyway, we couldn't chase 165 the game before that. So, yeah, nothing much is going right there for the Brisbane Heat. Might be a good omen that the men all go well. Oh, you know the disaster of the men, though, Paddy? What? Have you heard the disaster? No, I haven't. There's a nasty schedule clash. Like Cricket Australia have got a chairman's 11 or Australian 11, four-day match playing Pakistan from the 6th to the 9th of December. The first Heat game is the 7th, the second is the 9th. So we've got two games where we're going to be without Nathan McSweeney, who's been picked as captain of that Australian eleven. Um, Michael Neeser, Jimmy Pearson, Matthew Renshaw, You're Manus Labashane and Usman Kawaja are flying to Perth to get ready for the test. We're hoping we can win that one and get them playing, let them play the seventh in Brisbane, the ninth in Adelaide on the way to Perth and get to Perth on the night of the ninth or the tenth and hopefully we could drag them for two games. Otherwise, we're going to be missing six players. The Brisbane Heat, we're going to be pulling them from everywhere. It's worse than COVID. <laughs> oh, this is disastrous, Heels. Oh, it's just, that's what I'm saying. Vanessa, you started this. Mm. Well, <laughs> Jack's just yelled in my ear. He said he's happy to play. So there you go. Righto. Jack's got the hand up. Actually, yeah, all the, all the local players have got their hands up. Don't worry. <laughs> but we're here for we'll Burbank be Homes. we loan replacement players from everywhere. <laughs> we're here for Burbank Homes, the building you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes and the all-new Hyundai Kona. It's imagined to be bold. Love you to join us. Uh, I had a big day on the golf yesterday. You can give us a call on the uh, Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, 131355, or the text line, 0467 736736. Yeah, Matty and I and Jack uh, went out to uh, Suncorp Stadium where yes. Corey Oates was putting the uh, two golf stars, Cameron Smith and Mark <laughs> Leishman, who are renowned for their lawn skills. They love their lawns. I really well, do. you can only imagine the lawns over their lives that they've walked on. Mm. 
oh, the trimmings and the hedges and the beautiful sculptures that they've seen at the greatest golf courses in the world. Mm. And why is Corey an expert? Does he love it too? He loves his golf. So I think. Oh, righto. <laughs> so he was he was brought along to uh, have a chat. Plus, he'd also just resigned for a year. Actually, I caught up with him for an interview yesterday and he was quite emotional. I think we all know that he's had to take a haircut and uh, he, he mulled heavily about maybe leaving the Bronx. He's a 201-game player, which of which he's, you know, very, very proud of. And he's got strong family ties here, as we, we well know. You know, Gene Miles is his father-in-law. Um, and, you know, it's, they're very close-knit families. So, yeah, look, he, he, he had to agonise over this decision and he, we, we basically learned that during the interview. Uh, the other thing that we got out of it, or that I got out of it, Hills, was that uh, he was, it was a great help to the kids after this grand final devastation. He sat down and gave, gave them some advice uh, because, you know, we know that they're in their premiership window, to use the old cliche, but sometimes you may never tread this path again. Uh, Adam Reynolds actually spoke about it uh, overnight on Nine News about uh, the grand final heartbreak. Not many times I've probably felt yes. like that after a game. It was there for us to win. Uh, we had sort of one hand on a trophy there and sort of let it slip. I'm the captain, I'm a halfback. I've been in that position a lot of times and, and got the job done. Um, obviously didn't get the job done on the night, but um, yeah, I think everyone takes a bit of the responsibility. He'd be mad not to. And I tell you what, it, it, it flows over because the Broncos were there in force yesterday in promo mode. So too the Maroons presenting uh, the boys with their jerseys and things like that. But Cameron, yeah. Cameron Smith is a renowned uh, long-distance Broncos aficionado. He spoke about the grand final heartbreak. Um, it was actually uh, quite late. I had to go to a wedding in, in San Diego and... Um, yeah, so I was out there and I think the game finished at about 4am so it took a lot for, for me to stay up but I was, I was on the edge of my seat and um, yeah, the iPad didn't fare too well. <laughs> like, that went flying across the room and um, yeah, mate, disbelief. It, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really know what to say. Yeah, yeah. Cam, the Yeah, so it was... Gee, I hope, I hope he, he has got a story for them. You know, the Bronx? And I'm more worried about Adam Reynolds than I are the kids. Than I am the kids. You know, Corey's talking to the to the younger players, but they they don't know what they did really. They don't know what they might have missed out on by that collapse in the final. But Adam certainly does, and his words were unbelievable on Channel Nine, owning up. You know, I'm the captain. I'm the halfback. That's my job, and and that's what the the nasties have been criticising him for, right? So so I think we've got to make sure he's right. He's right to get it done next time it comes around. But has Cameron Smith got a, um, you know, a story of a collapse, a collapse in that major and fought back the next major? That type of, that type of uh, resurrection story would be excellent if he could produce that at some stage next season. Yeah, well, wins for golfers are, you know, they're rare beasts. Unbelievable. A bit like grand finals. Hey, they're rare beasts. And he's got four of them that he plays a year, nearly five. And did he? was there a collapse in one and that he had to gather himself and how did he do that? And then he then he, you know, got it right the next one straight away. Mm. That would be great. Yeah. So, uh, actually, Stu's been on the uh, the line here. Paddy, did you uh, sneak an inside word on the Ezra Mam contract extension? No, Stu, I didn't. Uh, but look, I know 
there's a fair deal of confidence at, at Red Hill that uh, he'll be retained and Reese Walsh or there'll be more money for Reese Walsh, what they do. With Adam Reynolds, uh, you know, he wants to play for another couple of years. Uh, so he said uh, whether he has to take a haircut on that final year, I don't know. Um, certainly Corey Oates has. As, and as I said, he he got quite emotional chatting yesterday about what it's been like over this summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a shocking year last year with injuries. Three, you know, three longish term injuries that just ravaged this season. Missed the grand final, of course. Uh, and for someone so proud and for someone so good and imposing, uh, it was it was a hard time. It's been a tough time in his life for he and his family. And he spoke about it yesterday. So we'll play that to you. A little later on, also spoke to and Mark. Leishman. You know his in, you know his injuries. They never started off as long term, did they? There was a little knee niggle, yeah, and there was a little hammy, I reckon, and they they dragged on too too long. I remember, I don't know whether you emceed the function. You know, the Broncos launched their Gabba introduction, um, and and we were at the Gabba. I sat with Corey and Kevy. And, um, you know, they, they were always positive about getting back on the field soon. And it just it dragged on. Not, I think that negotiation has dragged on, hasn't it? I thought that was done, Corey's deal. Um, but, yeah, well, that has dragged on a lot. Yeah, look, he, he made it known, you know, a few weeks ago, I think, that he was ready to start. It was just a matter of, you know, what, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. But it's he been loves done. the place. I yeah, think it's a good does. move by him. I think yeah. it's a good, good move for him trying to be that loyal servant uh, for your one club career. He's yeah. only twenty nine. Who's to say at thirty two he can't be right at his very best as a winger? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, uh, and he's staying. So that was the good news. I had a chat to Mark Leishman as well yesterday. So uh, he he was great. He's loving life. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is he still looking trim? Still trim. And yeah, he is. I mean, he, he looks as fit as he's ever been, I reckon. So yes. this is all about to unfold. It's a Pro-Am Day out there, a little bit a little bit wet here, heels, today. So is it? Again, yeah, the, the, the rain is sticking around, and I know for a lot of people it's a good thing. And the golfers can put up with it. They're used to it. But, uh, yeah, it's a big day for the Pro-Am out there today. What about for tomorrow? Do you know the forecast? No, I don't. But we basically the forecast earlier in the week was for this rain to be sort of sticking around all week. Oh, was it really? Yeah, so it'll soften up well, the greens. Well, the, they say RQs oh, in just yes. pristine condition. Pristine. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the greens last time, mm. oh, two years ago, was rock hard. Uh, not that the pros had a problem with it. But, yeah, yeah, they doing it. I was trying to hit a lob wedge into it. And it was bouncing like a rock into the bunker. Yeah, it won't hurt it. So, uh, <laughs> as I said, I was golf central yesterday. So we did the, uh, the morning at Suncorp Stadium with the two boys, with Cam Smith and Leash. Uh, but then last night was the uh, PGA Awards dinner. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the presentation of the Greg Norman medal, uh, they crossed the Greg Norman. They said some lovely things about the state of Australian golf. And, you know, the, in the room were the likes of uh, Rod Pampling and Ian Baker Finch and Peter O'Malley, you know, some of the the greats. And, and Norman paid tribute to all of them. He said, look, uh, I think we are the pioneers and we sort of helped set these kids on the path. So one of the kids will join us on the show today, David Michaluzzi. He's about to start the ultimate golfing adventure. He's gone from, you know, well outside the thousands, then into the 800s as, as recently as, you know, only a year ago. Played some great yeah. golf. He's won four tournaments and he starts his official life on the DP World Tour, which is the European Tour. He starts that uh, as of tomorrow at Royal Queensland. So he's going oh, to join us He's got the name well. for it. Yeah. got the name for it, hasn't he? Well, he won, the, he won our Europe. PGA Tour of Australasia Player of the Year last night. That was... 
no doubt uh, about him. But uh, the winner of the Greg Norman Medal was uh, Minji Lee again. So she just she's our she's our top ranked golfer in the world uh, at number five. She's a two time major winner. And look, she had a slow start to the year, but in twenty events she had uh, this year had two wins, five top tens, seven top twenties. She's taken her earnings past twenty million and is now only behind Kari Webb. In saying that, Cam had two wins on the Live Tour. Uh, a couple of top tens in the majors, which are the only, you know, real PGA Tour events or real tour events he plays now uh, because, uh, yeah, I mean, he's playing live and they don't get uh, official world golf ranking points. See, in the paper today, he might, might have to concentrate a little more on Asia this year Yeah, to, to keep that bubbling along. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, that's exactly right. He actually spoke about this. He's hopeful of getting an Olympic berth. Hopefully you can keep that ranking up and, um, you know, wear the coat of arms on the chest again. It's pretty special. Ooh, you better get rid of the penguin for a yeah, week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very tricky for him because, you know, he's got to decide what he does outside of the liver events. Of course, being the British Open champion, he gets to play at the majors uh, for, you know, for the next five years or so. But, yeah, look, what, what he does with his life outside of this to try and get to Paris... Is is now up to him and his management team. Hey, it's six sixteen. Hey, Paddy. Yes. Are these tournaments uh, like uh, RQ? Uh, they're mixed, aren't they? No, 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 no. The women not and this the men one. together. Next week, mixed. Just Australian Open. Yeah. Oh, okay. Australian so Minji's back. Minji back here, and That's... Hannah Green and Kate Kiriaku. Not Kate, but the the other Kiriaku. Yeah, Grace Kim. Um, so yeah, all of them were pretty much in the air. Uh, as the dinner yeah, was being okay. on last night, coming yeah, back from the States. Yeah, we've got a great group of girls. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully those girls can really cement themselves worldwide. Yeah, they'll be playing next week in Sydney at the Australian Open, which is spread over two courses at the Lakes and the Australian What about last night? Was Golf Australia represented? Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Sutherland and all that, and they were acknowledged. And, yeah, there's a really nice. good partnership between PGA and Golf Australia. There's no animosity. Oh, that's anyway. great. Yeah, yeah, they're all yeah, acknowledged. That's great. It's 6.17. Vanessa's standing patiently here while you and I just gab on about golf. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Good morning, all. Now, uh, a developing story this week has been a really sad one about a mother in Forest Lake, Kath Groom is her name, who actually died while she was waiting 90 minutes for an ambulance, which never arrived last week. And uh, now the Queensland Ambulance Commissioner has actually apologised and given an explanation and said there was very high demand, but a the ambulance service should have done much better. Apparently half of all ambulances that night were stuck on ramps waiting to unload passengers at hospitals. Mm. The health minister, though, says we can have confidence if we ring triple zero that our call will get answered and ambulances will be dispatched as soon as they can. But just that's just a really sad story, especially for her family. Yeah, I saw it on the news last night. Mm. And the, the commissioner was, you know, heartfelt in his yeah. apologies. But, uh, yes, it's... Uh, Yes. Cold comfort for the family, isn't it? Exactly. And let's hope those ramping figures can improve. Now, uh, some new stats today showing how our habits are changing amid rising fuel costs. I don't know about you guys, but you pull up at the servo these days and, you know, it's not unusual to be paying over $2 a litre for Mm -hmm. fuel. And stats from the Climate Council show we are actually changing up our habits. We are driving less. We're ditching the long road trips and more. Aussies also considering switching to an electric car because, you know, it's just really taking a toll. Uh, the road-
rising fuel prices. We're paying more and more. So what you're saying is me and the mighty Calais are dinosaurs. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Leave it at home. Walk to well, your destination. Our seal's going to get to work. Mm, yeah, this is true. <laughs> well, you can't yeah. <laughs> Look, the carpooling is doing a good job. Okay, That's yeah, environmentally right. friendly and keeping okay. costs down. So, look, every little thing we can do does help. Um, now, a bit of Beatles history is up for grabs at auction in London next month. It's a mixing desk that the Beatles used to record the Abbey Road album. And uh, it was quite a cutting-edge mixing desk at the time. But not long after the Beatles disbanded, it was actually pulled apart. Part of it was donated to a school. Part of it was kind of sent elsewhere. A sound engineer has been working at putting it back together, finding the missing pieces. He has got it back to about 70% original. It's in fully working order. It's going to auction and they're expecting it's going to attract over a million pounds for this old school mixing desk from the 70s. So I'm sure the technology we use here and uh, at other recording studios as well has advanced a lot. But if you've got that spare million pounds lying around, um, you can nab it. So you spend too much time in the newsroom. You wouldn't have heard me over the years tell the story about, oh, probably my 81st time now, mm-hmm. but uh, George Harrison recognised me on Hamilton <laughs> Island. I'm very, very impressed. Wow, I did not know that. Well done. When he, when he was living. <laughs> Don't, don't crank him up, Vanessa. He'll, he'll tell us again. Okay. It's Look si- at the time. It's 6.20. Yes, that is the time. 6.21 almost. We've got to get to a break. All right, let's talk a little bit of racing. Chris Nelson's here. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. It has been. I found a winner or two at Rockhampton yesterday. Um, check out <laughs> racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. But what's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit the gambling help Good morning, mate. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Heels. And that's uh, not a good rumour to start, Heels. The Tay-Tay's broken up. That will uh, get you in a bit of strife. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm only listening to Joe Biden. That's whatever he says. <laughs> and she wasn't at the footy, so she's they've broken up. I don't know whether the Tay-Tay listeners uh, and watchers are our demographic, are they? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Let's hope not. Otherwise, they're already piling in. Uh, yeah. So it's raining. Will that be? Will that affect the race course today, uh, Chris? Well, it's not raining where I am. Is it raining where you guys are? I it's just yeah. It's that same misty look. It's been like we've had periods of heavy rain, and but yeah, there was water on the roads when I was coming into work this morning, and it's just overcast and yucky. Well, if we're going to get a few more showers, that's not going to help during the day. Yeah, we are on a heavy nine today. At Doombin, we were on a heavy nine yesterday, so it hasn't improved at all. And as you say, those little bits of uh, of misty, showery rain clouds that uh, that come across aren't going to do us any good. So we'll see what happens during the day, but uh, we're not going to get much of an upgrade, I wouldn't think, guys. Now, have we worked out how many Mashanis that uh, <laughs> Messrs Crook owns and Ross trains? It's a good question. We, uh, uh, Sammy Highland and I had uh, Les Ross on the Darling Downlow a few weeks ago. It's actually before the two-year-old season, but we didn't actually ask him how many Mashanis they were. I wonder if he even knows that, Les. Oh. He, uh, yeah. You know, did, I don't know if and, you've had Les Ross on what the show, is the, but he, go on, sorry. And what is the oldest Mashani? Are they up to five years old yet? The, the, oh. You know, have we got a five-year group, a four-year-old group, a three-year-old group, two-year-old group? i tell you, that's a good question, Heels, because you don't really see many of them after they turn about three. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of them yeah. tend to, there's a few of them that pop up in other areas of the state, trained by other trainers. But we haven't got any Mashanis going around that I know of that are, you know, six and seven years old or um, okay. or even four and five. So, look, I know they haven't been doing this forever, so that's probably a stupid answer. But, yeah, it's uh, we don't have too many uh, old ones. Just with Les Ross, I was going to say uh, he's a man who, uh, it's an interesting interview to have if you chat with Les at any time. He never eats dinner at home, ever. He's yeah. always out for dinner every single night of the week. Kidding. I'm not kidding at all. And if you look at his Facebook page, you'll that confirms it because he's always got his picture taken somewhere at a restaurant every <laughs> night of the week. My wife so and it's, it's a restaurant. How did that come about? How did that come about in your interview? Oh, uh, who knows? You do ask some funny questions at times. Maybe it was the fact that yeah, he was. Uh, I often see him on uh, on Facebook with photos there. I think I said to him, "Geez, you're out for dinner a lot, Les. You spend a lot of time in restaurants. You must have a lot of money." And he said, "No, I, I never <laughs> eat at home. I'm not a." I will not cook for myself. I eat out every single night of the week. No, oh, that's brilliant. Me and I for my own heart. <laughs> um, all right, you better, well, have you got a tip in this first race with six Mashanis in it? No, no. There's one of Barry Lockwood's, though, that uh, has trolled well, number nine, Pulpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Harley rides for Barry Lockwood. They'd have to have a change of luck after last Wednesday at Doomba when Martin Harley really fell off three rides, I think. It was just a horror day for him, but he didn't. Uh, I think Pulpit will run well, but I wouldn't be getting too invested in that first race, Paddy. There are mm-hmm. a, there are a few there I don't mind. Race three, number six, Katima, is one for Tony Gollan and uh, and Ryan Maloney. And it's around $6 this morning. Okay. Two starts. Now, the debut was good at Ipswich. Absolutely motored home late. And then went to Doombin last time, same or up to thirteen fifty, which you thought would suit. And it probably did. But unfortunately for this one, uh, he was stuck out wide, no cover the whole trip. And he still looked a chance halfway down the straight, but he just peaked on the run late. Now, today, he draws gate number three. I've had a look at the breeding, the the breed, the rib chesters get through the ground okay. And he's uh, from a not a single doubt mare. So he's got a bit in his favour there. He should get through the ground. So race three, number six, Katima. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back one. I should have started with this one. Race two, number seven, Bazik is a horse I uh, always had an opinion of. Look, she's only had the five starts, but her debut in at the Sunshine Coast back in April of 22 was good on a soft seven. Uh, she's been around in stronger races ever since, and she hasn't been disgraced. This is a lot easier. And uh, as you say, or as I said, she's won on soft, and she too is from a not a single doubt mare. So I think she'll get through the ground as well. Number seven. So race yep. two, number seven. That's the shorty. And Gollan again. This is three for Tony Gollan for me. So I hope he has a good day. Race seven. Number nine, Island Magic, resumes from a break. Uh, she's a mare that's had 13 starts, three wins, eight placings. Her best form is at the start of her preps. She's had three goes fresh for a win in two seconds, and she absolutely loves the mud. <coughs> she eats it up. So uh, I think she's the one to beat in the last race. Off that inside gate for CJ Graham. Race seven, number nine, Island Magic, guys. Brilliant. Thank you, mate. Race two, the seven. Race three, the six. Race seven, the nine. Chooks chimed in here. Morning, Paddy and Heels. Need to create an SEN thoroughbred syndicate. First horse should be named not a Mashani. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. We'll t- we need to get to the news. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Are you a little bit angered that that finished in a draw because I know how much you love your lawns? Oh, no. I think Cam got me on that one. I'm happy to uh, to give that one to Cam. He was... It was a, a laser beam, I'd like to call that. Um, did very well. It is an obsession for you, isn't it? I know you've spoken about this a lot before. Yeah, I love it. It's just, uh, it's fun. Look, um, just that instant gratification of, you know, 
not looking great, you cut it and then it looks really good. Uh, I love that. Um, you know, earn yourself a, a beer afterwards. <laughs> so is yours like a bowling green back in the States? Uh, it's Yeah, it's pretty nice. I cut it. Um, how long do I cut it? It's probably about six mil. So um, it's probably like about the length you cut the tees on, on the local golf course. Uh, yeah, but enjoy enjoy the uh, the challenge of keeping it alive in the summer and um, trying to get it as good as I can. All right. How's life and live? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's been been you know one of the best years of my life for sure. Um, just fun, you know, having all the on-course st- stuff is uh, is really good, and then off the course, it's um, unbelievable. Just having you know dinners with the boys and um, traveling together, and uh, a bit lighter schedule too to spend a bit more time with the family and um, and doing stuff for fun. So it's uh, it's been yeah amazing year. That's right. A lot of people don't realise that. I mean, regardless of your status in the game, life on the road can be pretty lonely, can't it? Yeah, sure can. Um, it's that that's changed though now yeah. with uh, travelling, travelling with the team. Um, but yeah, it certainly could get uh, get pretty lonely, um, particularly if you, if you're not playing great and you know playing a tournament where where your mates aren't playing. Um, yeah, you could spend a fair bit of time alone and go to some dark places but uh it's it's a good challenge i mean you know dealing with all that stuff and it's nice not having to to do that anymore um almost feels like going on a boys trip every time i go to the airport uh, to go to a tournament okay so where are you with majors i mean no rankings in live it's harder for you to make these big four tournaments more and more does that irk you um, it is. It is definitely harder. Uh, it was one of the things I knew was was a possibility when I did go to live. Um, that was probably one of the negatives. Um, but I think the the positives outweigh the negatives by by a lot. Um, I mean, I've, I haven't given up. I'd love to get back into those tournaments. Uh, I can still qualify for the U.S. Open and the British Open. Um, hopefully, win one of those and and be in them for five years. But um, if that's not to happen. Um, I'm still very happy where I'm at. Um, life off the course is, is as good as it's ever been and um, I'm having as much fun playing golf as, as I ever had. I want to ask you about the reconciliation and what you think about it, but I can tell you I had a bit of an experience at the Adelaide event and I've, I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of golf tournaments right around the world. It was like something I've never seen before. Yeah, that was a, a special event. Um, that was on my list of probably five golf tournament, top five golf tournaments I've ever played. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, probably put a US Open at Pebble Beach, British Open at St Andrews, the Masters you play well at, and um, and then Live Adelaide was just to, to feel the love from the crowd and the, or the support from the crowd um, on and off the golf course. You know, even walking down the street, it was like it was a bit of a rock star for a week. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty fun. Um, I don't know how some of the guys do that every week. Um, but it was certainly really, really enjoyable and uh, something I'm really looking forward to next year. Hey, all right, so what about reconciliation? We know there's been a, a little bit of a kiss and make-up publicly. Uh, what are you hearing from your people and what are your hopes as, as an experienced tour, touring pro? Yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, I think there's a lot of different things happening on um, on probably both sides. Um I think whatever happens, it's going to be good for Liv. Uh, I think they've got a pretty good um, handle on the situation and um, I certainly don't think it's going anywhere. 
So Greg is telling you, just on the playing brigade, that Liv is here to stay. Yes. Which is reassuring, I would imagine. It's very reassuring. Um, you know, that was another one of the things, the, the risk that we took going to live early was, um, you know, obviously you, you hear everything and um, things sounded really good, and but you never know. And with something that's so young and, uh, and new, you, you know, you don't know how long it's been going to be around. And um, I'm certainly got a lot of confidence that it's going to be here to stay. You sound like a bloke right at the moment that seems very comfortable. In your own shoes. Yeah, I mean, I've never been happier in, in my life. Um, so this has probably been the greatest year of my life, um, just on and off the golf course. Uh, I've been able to play a little bit less golf, but prepare for those tournaments better, um, do more of the things off the course that I want to do, like go on a few few holidays to places that I haven't been able to go to and um, spend more time with my kids. And then the tournaments we are playing, they're in new places I haven't been to. So... Uh, this year ticked a lot of boxes and um, I'd say that the hardest thing about the whole year was probably all these new wrinkles I'm getting up here from <laughs> smiling so much. <laughs> hey, just quickly, you've got a bloke behind you who's the gen one of the genuine rock stars of, of the Live Tour. How's he handling it? I mean, he had a big decision to make, didn't he, given the state of where his game was at? Yeah, it was a big decision um, and one that he certainly didn't take lightly. Um, I mean, I've seen him at the tournaments. Uh, he's, he's, he is that rock star I was talking about in Adelaide. Um, and he's handling it really well. We're having a lot of fun both on and off the golf course. And um, he's still obviously in the majors for, for quite a few years and playing some great golf. So um, I'm excited to see where he's, his future goes and um, hopefully I can get in those majors again with him. But it's, it's great to see how well he's doing right. and, how, and how happy he is. And enjoy your first first Christmas home for a little while with the, with your family here. I was here last year as okay. well, so this is the second in a row. So happy to uh, to be back and excited to uh, see friends and family and hopefully play some good golf these next couple of weeks. Yeah, we can't watch this. Wait to see you back on the course. Yep, be good. Thanks. Thanks, Lee. No worries. Thank you. Well, you look like you're in your element out there. You, I know oh. you enjoy your golf, don't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Um, and then obviously, when I got the opportunity to come, you know, obviously. You know, meet Mark for the first time, um, and judge Cam and that on their on their mowing. Yeah, it was a pretty cool opportunity. Um, you know, this sort of stuff doesn't come around, you know, all too often in in a lifetime. So, um, yeah, I try to make it out like I love my grass, but uh, um, yeah, looking after two acres, I can't really cylinder mow at all. But no, it was cool. You know, it's a good little um, contest I had there, and you know, Cam showed his skill. I tell you that, you can mow a straight line. Jeez. Leishman's very good as well. He loves his lawns, believe oh, me. Mate, they're both really good, actually. Like, I think Mark only had one little, you know, deviation. <laughs> Otherwise, she was pretty, she was pretty, um, pretty even. So, you know, they're both really good at their lawns, and that's what they said. They they both have contests during the year. So who, how who can get their lawns looking the best? So, how are you as a golfer? Where are you, where's your level? Oh no, oh, mate. It's I think it's like every athlete's or sportsman's. Um, golf, some days it can be, you know, really, really good. And some days you wish or you think, why do I play the sport? So, um, no, look, I, I, I was really enjoying my golf a, a while back. And, start, you know, having the kids and that, it's harder to get out and um, play as much as you'd like. But I still enjoy the golf. I'm just trying to get back to enjoying it. And, um, yeah, to, to be in the pro-am tomorrow is going to be, you know, pretty cool. You know, that's a, sort of a dream of mine that I've always wanted to, to be in a pro-am. Um, or oh, just to be able to play in something like that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and you know, hopefully get to watch some really quality golf over, over the next five days.
So where's it been for you? You've had decisions to make professionally, haven't you? Um, how much did you agonise over that? The f- footy? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, look, this year, it's, it's, yeah, it's been tough. Um, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's, yeah, it's probably, to be honest, it's, it's, it's easily the toughest season of my life. Um, just mentally, physically, you know, coming back, you know, in and out for three consecutive injuries, you know, both between six and eight week stints and, you know, that's, that, that, it's, it's hard, like, it's, it's really hard to get back, you know, especially to try and get back quick and do that again and again and again and then, yeah, it sort of plays a toll on you, um, you know, your mental game and, yeah, look, I'll be honest, after the, when I got the, when I had to do the knee clean out and just how I felt and, you know, just everything that I'd sort of been through with the year, the jaw and the piece, um, yeah, the PCL, yeah, it was tough. It's, um, yeah, it sort of made me think about, you know, my, my career and family and, you know, what's to come. And, um, yeah, last few years I've realised there's more to life than, than sport and footy. You know, the two young kids and, you know, thinking about them, their future, you know, and that's that's what I play the game for now. Like, I still love it, still got passion for it and, you know, still enjoy being around the team and playing and, you know, doing it each week. I, love, I actually haven't enjoyed my footy more in my whole career um, when I'm out there playing. You know, I, I love it and I feel really, really good about myself when I'm fit and ready. But, um, you know, all that sort of stuff, you just start thinking about when you're older, you know, being able to, you know, go out with your kids and, and be, you know, active and, you know, muck around with them, run around with them still. And, you know, that sort of played on my mind a bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the decision was really tough. But, um, yeah, in, in the end it was... It was it was it was the right one easily, but uh, yeah, just to get to that decision was pretty hard this year, and yeah, really happy that um, signed for another year, and hopefully can finish my career off here. Because you've got um, close ties, haven't you, family-wise? I mean, obviously, Tegan is Gina Debbie's daughter, and I mean, you'd have a great family support network around you. So to leave Red Hill would have been a, a tough decision as well. Yeah, um, yeah, and then and that, and that's exactly right. And when you're sort of in these times, it's you don't sort of ask for their their help, but when they when they come to your need and you know when they can see you down, it's it's the people that you've trusted for a long time and and the ones you listen to, you know, they they always sort of know when to call and, and have a chat and and um, yeah, I had some really good people talk to me um, and you know just talk talk me through you know how I was feeling and you know just the next sort of chapter in life and um, yeah. F- Football's still a part of that, and um, yeah, I've I've had a great career up until now, and you know, to be honest, I never, never thought I'd I'd sort of ever get ever get this far, and you know, to be able to play 200 games for the for the Brisbane Broncos in itself is a massive milestone and a massive achievement for me. You know, I had this little bet with Hojo about six years ago. He said that I, he bet me that he, I'd never make um, I think it was 10 years. And then I just said, well, how about we just have a bet that I'll make 200 games? And he said, right, eh? So, yeah, look, it's it's just, I guess, how everything started. You know, to get to this point was going to be tough. And, um, yeah, look, I I guess it hasn't been an easy ride, but you know, I've loved everything. It's it's shaped me as a person, I think, everything that I've been through. Um, and coming back from injuries, you know, I feel like, it, you know, I've been stronger every time I've come back and I've been fitter and more physical and realised that, you know, how much work you've got to actually put in to be a great player in this game, so. 
they're going to need someone like you with your experience around there as well because I would imagine a few of these kids will be hurting after what happened in the last game of the year. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you could see it. Um, you know, you could see it after the game. And, and I just... You know, I'd because I'd, I'd been in that scenario before, and I know how they were feeling. And I, to be honest, I was I was gutted. Like it's, you know, you come so close in a game that's so hard to win. You know, you bust your bust your backside for you know 26 rounds of the year. You know, with the finals and and everything in between. It, it isn't an easy game. It's physical. It's demanding mentally, physically, and um, you know to get so close uh, after the, everything that we've been through. Um, I really felt for everyone, you know, myself, the club, everything, every, everyone, the fans. But, um, you know, when I seen all the young boys sort of down and crying and I just I just sort of went over to as many as I could and just let them, you know, I, I just wanted to remind them of the year that they've just had. You know, I, there's a handful of those boys that just started their careers and, you know, just, you know, put a footprint down and, and you know, set a set a, a line. You know, that, that's where they got to perform at. And I just wanted to remind them all about, how good they just, you know, how good of a year that they just all had, and some of them played Origin, and you know, some of them got picked for their for their countries and you know international duties, and I said it's 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 something to really be proud of yourself for, and I said use you know use what's just happened and you know and bring it next year. I said um, we can we we can go all the way again, and I want them to all believe that still. Good stuff, mate. Have a great next year. Thank you. We're catching up with another of our great World Cup winners, Damien Fleming. Uh, of course, won it uh, at Lords in 1999. But as we were talking to Damien off air, he's headed out to catch up with one of Australia's greatest Ians in Test cricket, Ian Redpath. And uh, Damien Heels is in Melbourne today for an Ian's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she hears. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. I can't believe I'm I'm catching up with my old Victorian coach and Aussie legend Ian Redpath. So I can't believe Redders isn't there. But who are you catching up with, Eels? Well, I'm unsure. I mean, it started out as an SEN thing when the major partners who partnered with SEN for the first time in Melbourne, you know, 20 years ago, the the first four yeah. of them, like the you know the CEOs of those companies, were all called in. And and so they said, oh, we should get together for lunch. And it's grown and grown and grown, and they induct a new Ian each year. And I, I know who's oh, coming wow. today as the, the inductee, but, but I'm, I'm sworn to secrecy. But, I gee, I wonder if Redders is – I saw Redders at a uh, function for Greg Chappell at the MCG recently, mate, um, and he's had some hard times. But, but um, yeah, so wish him well for me again, please. No, we will um – He's obviously a Aussie legend, Victorian, but South Melbourne, which is the club I played for. So I'm back there coaching. Uh, we started the Ian Redpath uh, lunch uh, four years ago in COVID, which was tough, but now we're up to 250 people. I am and try to get a next teammate of Redders to speak. So this year we've got Skull O'Keefe. So that's going to be <laughs> hilarious. Um, but, um, yeah, he's still... A, He's still shooting under his age, Redders, so I hope he does it today because um, we're playing against David Emerson and Norm Emerson who both play for Victoria. So it's South Melbourne versus Collingwood. Um, <laughs> so um, hopefully it's the, Bloods, the Bloods win and get the points today. Good stuff. Hey, now yeah, listen, we, we want to talk about World Cup but, and, and 99 <laughs> was, what, was one of the great years. But what about this win the other night, mate? I mean, how, how, where do you rate that? in the whole sequence of Australia's six? 
to a degree, I'm still buzzing. I'm so proud of the, the whole group on and off the field. Um, I saw some likeness to 1999 early on where, you know, we lost two games and we're under the pump. But in the end, we lost to two teams She made the semi-final. So we lost to two good teams. Um, this Australian team did the same. They lost to India and South Africa, who end up semi-finalists. And the great thing of this format, where you play everyone once, if you get to the semi and final, um, you're, you're obviously replaying against teams that you potentially lost to and you can plan against. And I think this Aussie team... Um, Summed up by us winning the toss and bowling, um, a lot of that was backed by data, as in teams chasing at Ahmedabad with the due conditions coming in. But also that first game lost to India, we underscore, under par with the bat, had them three for two, and they still battled through because the wicket didn't really do enough. So um, even though it was a tough first 10 overs with the bat for the Aussies, it settled down beautifully. Head played one of the great World Cup knocks. And Marnus, uh, all the debate about his spot, that was the specific scenario if we he got is. into it where they knew that Marnus could get us through and he did heal. Hey, what made the decision at the toss a lot easier, I'm, I think, was our bowling attack was so ready to go and keep that Indian target under 300. Oh, it was phenomenal. One for 80, you're looking at 400-plus. They targeted our best bowler in the semi, Josh Hazelwood. You know, they know, a bit like McGrath, he's phenomenal, almost bowling a test line and length in one-day cricket in T20. Sharma come out of his crease and, and took him on. And then all of a sudden, that changed our game plan because ideally Stark and Hazelwood bowl out the power play and then you can have four out for, for the spinners. But Cummins had his best um, bowling effort in the final. What a, what a great way to have it. And the way that they actually changed and rotated the bowlers, you know, just one or two overs. So the Indian batsmen couldn't get set against one tight. And then also, I haven't read a lot about it. They got their tactics wrong. It was almost like once um, Coley and Rahul were out there, they, were, they read too much into that pitch that 240-250 was going to be enough. In hindsight, one of them had to go. They had to get into the yes. top, high 200, 300s um, against the tough bowling lineup. but they, they got their tactics wrong and they paid for it. I, we've got to talk about 99 because it was one of our most famous victories. We had AB on yesterday chatting about about 87 and Andy Bickle with 03, but, but 99 at Lords, yeah, it, it yeah. must have been, and I know there's been many highlights in your wonderful career, but, boy, that's got to be right up top there, mate. Yeah, definitely. I meant that to have the opportunity to, to win a World Cup final at Lords, celebrate with the Aussie fans that could get in, but then to be able to take the trophy, Ricky Ponting had, had taken over the um, singing the song from, from Heels, um, and to sing that around with, with the group was phenomenal. Um, and then also, as a, you know, we didn't start well. So I learned a lot about um, you know, ownership, accountability, momentum in 50-over cricket, which we um, built, but this 2023 team built. Um, and then also, um, you know, the, the close wins or ties against South Africa... Um, who were probably the number one rated team. 
a training leading into that final, we had that belief, which I think this Australian team have too, um, when you've been tested and come through, was it doesn't matter what scenario we get into in the final, we can fight back and we can win. And that's a great belief to have as a group. Um, and certainly it didn't play out. Obviously, we demolished Pakistan. But um, certainly it's, it's beautiful as a team when you feel like um, you can win from anywhere. And then in hindsight, India, undefeated, untested, um, got to the final. And it was a new scenario that they haven't, hadn't yep. been in. And, and they wavered. They weren't confident. Yeah, they tightened up for sure. But, uh, you know, unlike yourself, take us back to Edgbaston semi-final when you did have a tie against South Africa. You had the last over to bowl and you're an absolute World Cup last over genius. You let Klusner hit two fours in a row and they needed nine. You knew that was going to throw them into confusion. (laughs) Well, you've said it for me. Uh, Obviously, a few years before, we were playing heels in in 96. last over against the West Indies, and you talk about yes. pressure, bowling to Kluzner, but when you're bowling to an informed Courtney Walsh, I mean, <laughs> wow, he was averaging two for the, <laughs> he was averaging two for the tournament. Uh, and Walsh, he heals, won't talk about it, but um, the run out of Ambrose, who called to get Richie Richardson off strike, <laughs> I bowled a Yorker. Heels got it and underarm the stumps and run out Ambrose by a centimetre. That's what won us the World Cup. But Heels used to do it in the warm-up when you were bowling to him. And every now and again, he'd throw it back to you. Every now and again, he'd have a go at the stumps. Well, she'd hit the stumps and you'd go, bloody hell, Heels, just throw it back to me. But this is the preparation that Heels did. He knew that one day he'd have to hit the stumps and he did it. And then back to 99, um, it's funny... We come up with a plan of bowling wide Yorkers to, to Klusner the night before. So you didn't get a chance to actually practice it. Um, it was in game. And all along, I wanted to come over the wicket and go across. And with the second uh, four that went about a 1,000 miles an hour, um, <laughs> Steve War showed um, his beautifulness as a, as a captain. He generally liked to back his players who back themselves. And I did say, I want to come over the wicket. I feel like Steve's head was already on the plane going home, but he said yes. Um, <laughs> but when I bowled the Yorker fourth ball, it was just chaos. Um, but thank God we got through. The trusty underarm took out the percentages of throwing it over Gilly's head. But that pure euphoria of that of that drawn game to get us through was just phenomenal. Yeah. Hey, we've got Paddy, to get to the Paddy, news. Flemo had a year. I couldn't feel his shoulder. That's why his, his overarm throws are rubbish. And so so he did underarm it to Gilly. <laughs> well, hopefully it's good enough to, to produce a decent round of golf this afternoon. Damien, lovely to talk to you as, as always, mate, and uh, uh, enjoy the day out with your Ian today. Good on you, Flemo. Yeah, and just one, it's always a privilege to talk to the one great Ian. Uh, <laughs> yes, well... Enjoy Redders, mate. I mean, following his career for quite a while, had a chance to uh, say good day last night and congratulate him. He was uh, our Player of the Year, the uh, PGA Tour of Australasia. There was never any doubt he's won four times in the last 13 months and won just last week at the Vic uh, PGA and nearly won it uh, here at Nudgee a couple of weeks ago. David Michalusi, uh, you're headed up for a, a very busy week here at the Australian PGA. Good morning to you and congratulations. Morning, boys. How are we? Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, the, mate, the, the, this is so exciting. You, you stand around last night and you look at the, the likes of the Baker Finches and the O'Malley's and, uh, you know, even Leash and these guys that have had long and storied careers. Your career essentially is about to kick off tomorrow, isn't it? Uh, your, your life on the DP World Tour, the European Tour, starts tomorrow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I didn't think at the start of the year that uh, this would be happening. Um, it's been a... <laughs> it has been a crazy year and yeah to to start especially in to start my DP world to a career in in Australia is just an absolute dream and uh, I'm just looking forward to the week and getting stuck into it yeah you've had you've had a taste we know because you won the order of merit you've, you've played the British Open the British Masters Memorial the US PGA at some great golf courses the Byron Nelson but this is this is the real deal now you're, you're out there by yourself with you know with your team around you but uh, you, you know, this is how you've got to make a living now, isn't it? Uh, that's exactly right. Exactly right. So um, a lot of new places and a lot of new golf courses to, to learn. And, yeah, I'm just looking forward to that and, yeah, competing with some of the best players in the world. Hey, David, thanks so much for having a chat with us. What, what's your tea time today? Or what is today? Wednesday? No, when are you teeing off tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow will be 11 o'clock. I think I'm first group. Oh, out very nice. I was is, I was hopeful yeah, it wasn't a six that. o'clock tee off like Cam Smith and you're going, Oh, how much fun's this D P World Tour? <laughs> um, but, but mate, how's the that year? Has it been quite well defined? You know, did it start at the Australian Open last year? Was there a moment where things clicked? Um I think Aussie Open was a really good experience. Uh got got to play with uh Adam Scott and on the third yeah. day. And um, learned a lot about myself that day because it wasn't the best day of golf. Um, but I did grind, grind it out. I think I had probably three over. But um, I think it was the next week or the week after I found something in my swing that was lacking uh, in those events. And I was still playing well, so the competitive side was great. But I just needed some needed to fix some uh, fix some things up on the technical side and. Once I got back going, the start of 2023, uh, it couldn't have started any better. I think I went, I think I actually, I went a third and a miscut by one. I had an awful putting week, but I went third, miscut, <laughs> second, win. So I was just like, okay, we're right. heading in the right direction. Hey, in, in your speech last night, you got quite emotional. You, you spoke about Cranbourne Golf Club, which, you know, it's uncertain, I suppose, future there, but... Uh, basically, yeah. you started there as a, as a six-year-old. They were almost babysitters for you, weren't they, in the, in the early days? Yeah, it was... Uh, I didn't think that would actually hit me like that last night. Um, yeah, it has been a home uh, Yeah, ever since I was six years old. Um, going out after hours after school and school holidays, and especially when I got into probably high school, I was out there felt like almost every day and yeah a lot, a lot of the members a lot of the members took care took care of me in that in that regards <laughs> they were like babysitters but um yeah it was just an amazing place to to grow up at um the golf course is uh, I, I think it's still very underrated um when it's in amazing condition it's it can be as as good as a sand belt um, it's hard and fast. You have to hit every shot around there. Greens are flat, so you can't use slopes. It's it's basically it's all up to you. So I think it's been a 
great place to grow up. And uh, yeah, in two years' time, it's it's going to be no longer, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're, you're the classic overnight sensation story, aren't you? Like, you've been going since you're six, and, and you're now yeah. 27, and everyone thinks, where's he come from? But, mate, um, yeah. how's this week been to you? Has it been kind accommodation-wise? How, how do you position yourself in Brisbane to get this job done? Oh, mate, it's been, it's been amazing to come up here, and uh, I had my um, had my short game coach out on Monday, so I had to literally come straight here. You only, you only could come for the day, but... um. Now Brisbane's been great. Um, I don't know what this this thing is called rain up here. I, I, you guys haven't <laughs> yes, had rain for sorry about, about five this. months. No, no, it's, it's all right. You guys, you guys needed it. So if if any of you guys are in a drought, just hold a golf tournament and you'll be fine. Um, yes. No, nah, it's it's been it's been fantastic. Um, I think the fans will start to come out very soon, and the course is in great condition. And I'm in. Uh, I mean, I think I'm in Fortitude Valley for the week, and uh, it's great. There's a lot of good, a lot of good restaurants around here, so yes. uh, I'll be around and looking forward to having a look and uh, having look, looking forward to the rest of the week. Yeah, you're just around the corner from our studios as well. Hey, look, I, I know winning last week was fantastic, and you know, a, a close second the week before. But just tell me that this doesn't get the juices flowing a little more, mate. You look at this field, you see the Scots, you see the Leishmans, you see the Cam Smiths there. Minwoo is, is is back. I mean, this is it's next level, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a hundred percent. And I think now, like I have won, yeah, four times, and I I can't really look at like who's playing. I know obviously I know who's playing, but at the end of the day, I've just got to shoot the best score I can. If that's a win, it's a win. If it's a top 10, a top 10. If it's a top 30, it's a top 30. It, it doesn't matter. All I'm trying to do is get the ball in the hole in the least amount of shots. And if it's the week, it's the week. Um, if not, then we'll go on to next week and we'll try again. Heels, uh, this is blowing blow your mind. In the interview that they had with Cam Smith and Adam Scott last night and Min were they said possibly 15 to 20 under. Could win this tournament. I mean, we're going to see we're going to see some pretty specky golf out there, aren't they? Particularly if the if it is a little slower. Yeah, I think it all depends. It all depends because I'm not too sure if it is going to be windy this week because of because it's going to be a little bit cooler and all that. So the, oh, I went out and played nine yesterday. The greens are still decently firm, but they're rolling really nice. So. I think Cam last year won with 12. It was hard and fast. I reckon, I reckon 16. I reckon okay. 16 under. Right, eh? Oh, it's, it's really easy then, eh? Um, <laughs> there's some big swales in those greens too, aren't there? And they're well protected by bunkers in many parts. I guess is this distance judgment a, a real strength you're going to need for the week? 100%. Um, you have to be very precise with uh, your distance control and, and also accuracy because uh, there's a lot yeah. of a lot of swells going each way. Um, it's not just going one side to the other. It's it's on both sides. So uh, you have to be very, very accurate. But um, if you're out of position, you've got to put yourself in a, a good position to make up and down. You can't really... Um, can't really go for it because you can make a quick quick bogey or a quick double uh, just being in the wrong position. So uh, I think yes. whoever is 
whoever has the best distance control this week and who is also the smartest this week will, will get the job done. Great stuff, mate. Really appreciate you talking to us. Enjoy the journey. It's going to be uh, one hell of a ride and it starts on the DP World Tour officially for you tomorrow at Royal Queensland. David Nicolucci, thank you. Thanks, thank Dave. Thank you very Good much, luck. boys.